I just kind of caught it this week in one of the things I was listening to. Did you know that not even one prophecy, not one, foretold about Jesus coming as a baby, uh, dying on the cross and rising again, um, was not fulfilled, but every single one was fulfilled. The odds of that are actually zero. It is divine. And the fact that his word was fulfilled to absolute perfection shows that we have a, just a powerful God that is alive and has planned everything from the beginning. So if you guys want to participate in Easter, we also have a passion service uh, that will be Wednesday night prior at 6.30. So please have your hearts open and Im invite those that are around you. Thank you, Jesse. Yeah, join us on Wednesday nights. Me and Danielle are excited to talk about the closer marriage curriculum. We have a perfect marriage. We don't have arguments. We have boisterous disagreements. No, I'm just kidding. Come join us on a Wednesday night, and uh, it'll be great. Uh, if you prepared your gift, let's, let's pray, and let's ask God to bless this. Lord, we love you. We thank you for this opportunity to give. We thank you, Lord, for the faithfulness of your people. We thank you, God, that there's um, just so many families, Lord, who are bringing their first fruits to you and saying, God, okay, this is you. This is yours, Lord, your king, your Lord. And uh, you're sovereign in God. So we thank you for that. We ask a blessing. We ask that you'd fulfill your promise over their lives, that you'd open the windows of heaven and bless them so much so, God, that they can't even contain it, that they'll be able to give blessing after blessing after blessing to other people because you just keep blessing them. And we thank you for that, Lord. We thank you for the power of your word, the promises in your word like that. And God, it really is amazing how good you are to us. Lord, it all, all the praise, all the glory belongs to you. In Jesus' name. And everyone said? Amen. Amen. Well, if you're a guest with us today, my name's uh, Pastor Jordan, and I'm the lead pastor and campus pastor here, and I'm excited that you're, you're with us. You're joining us on a series uh, called Reaching Out. And uh, the last few weeks, we've been talking about what does it mean to be a church that has global missions uh, that's important to us, uh, local missions, to actually go make disciples. Um, how many of you here were here last week with Pastor Dave in the catch-up, right? How many guys, have, how many guys, just curious, how many of you are fridge blind? Your wife, your wife is like, Do you, what is wrong with you, right? It's right there. Happens to me on a weekly basis. Thank you, Dave. I saw that hand. I saw that hand. Um, yeah, and, and we do. We can get blind to the people right there that we work with that don't know the Lord. Uh, or even the needs of our of our community. Um, so did such an amazing job presenting that. And today, we're going to be very, very, very practical on what it means to lead someone to Christ. And so if you have your Bibles, open up your Bibles or the Bible app. And I want you to turn to Acts 8. Acts 8. And as you're turning there, I want to first say this, that when you're living a life of example... Right? When you're living a life of example, it will inspire people to want to know more. So we're going to come back to that concept in a little bit. But I just want to start off by saying this. If you're living a life that's genuine, right? I didn't say perfect, but I said genuine, right? Everybody say genuine. If your faith and your desire to please God is genuine, people will notice. Amen? 
and people will be inspired. Uh, the word inspire actually means breath. It's from the root word breath. And so the breath of God, like we sang about a little bit ago, will inspire them to want to know more. But if we're half-hearted, how many of you guys know what I'm talking about? If we're half-hearted, if we're just like, yeah, I'll just come to church. All right. I don't really want to. If we're like half-hearted and maybe upset at God, you know, for something he didn't do for us. And our faith is just, we're just, we're going along, but we're not genuine. That doesn't inspire anybody. You know that? And by the way, that, that doesn't help you either. <laughs> so I just have an encouragement to you, something I used to tell the teens. Christianity does not work halfway. Like you either got to go all the way in, all in, or not. Because partway in doesn't work. Uh, it's exhausting, and it's not what God has for you. But going all the way in, and you fully surrender, you say, God, whatever you want for my life, I'll do it. Whatever you want, Jesus, you are Lord. That perspective is, is, what, is what Jesus uh, wanted and wants in us to be disciples, to be Christ followers. So you can actually lead others to Christ in just the life that you live, believe it or not. Um, so we have to ask ourselves, does our daily life reflect what it means to know Christ? Again, I'm not asking, are you perfect? Because you're not perfect. And nudge your spouse if they are not perfect. Don't nudge quite that hard, Dennis. Um, I'm just kidding. That's a joke. He didn't. Um, I'm not saying perfect. But when you really say, I am genuinely aiming to please Jesus with my life. How many are with me on that? Okay. That, I promise you, I promise you, will inspire people to say things like, would you pray for me? Right? Like that, that just happened uh, with a couple people. One in, in particular, Paula Corson has a cool story. She was telling me about praying with coworkers. My sister, Emily, a lot of people have been telling me about people they've been able to pray for. And the door is wide open if you're genuine. Turn to your neighbor and say, if you're genuine. Okay, we'll come back to that. So Acts... We're going to read this. This is a crazy story, crazy cool story. An angel of the Lord spoke to Philip, go up and go south to the road that goes down from Jerusalem to Gaza. So he went, so he got up and he went, and there was an Ethiopian man, a eunuch, a high official of Candace, queen of the Ethiopians, who was in charge of her entire treasury. He had come to worship in Jerusalem and was sitting in his chariot on his way home, reading from the prophet Isaiah aloud. Okay, so he serves a queen. Everybody got it? Can you picture it? He's the servant of a queen. He's in his chariot. He's reading what we call now the Bible. And when Philip ran up, oh, let me back up one. He had come to worship Jerusalem, was sitting in his chariot on his way home, reading the prophet Isaiah. The spirit told Philip, go. Everybody say go. Go, go and join that chariot. When Philip ran up to it, oh, I could preach just right there. Come on. You got to help me out, Nolan. You're the guy that helps the preacher out, okay? You got you to do that, do that today. When Philip ran, right, when he ran up to it, he heard him reading the prophet Isaiah and, and said, do you understand what you're reading? How can I, he said, unless someone guides me. Another translation says, unless someone explains it to me. And let's just pause. Have any of you ever been reading the Bible or in a Bible study and you're thinking, oh, I don't know what this means. 
and, and then your life group leader or a pastor or somebody explains, a friend, how many are just so thankful for that, right? And that's the beauty of leading people to follow Jesus together. That's our vision. We're leading people to follow Jesus together. So your life group leaders, they're there to help explain things, right? So look at this. So he invited Philip to come up and sit. Oh, man, I could preach right here for a while too. Okay. Many Christians, right, like they're just not nice people. So they're not going to be invited into the chariot. All right, so this side was too convicted, so I'm going to try this side. So many Christians, right, they like come and they know the songs, but because they're just playing rude at work and their faith isn't really genuine, that's submitting their emotions to God, the, the curious person is not inviting them to hang out with them. Thank you, Nolan. Thank you, brother. Thank you. Now, he got it. He got it. All right, so we'll come back to that. So he invited them up, and the scripture was this. He, being Jesus, was led like a sheep to the slaughter, as a lamb is silent before its shear. So he does not open his mouth. In his humiliation, justice was denied him. Who will describe this generation? For his life is taken from the earth. Now notice what Philip's focus is. Philip's focus is what Jesus did. If you want to push people far from God, try to give them a long list of rules and a bunch of hoops that they got to go through. Philip didn't say, well, so here's the deal. You need to come on Sundays at 9 o'clock, and you need to come to starting point. And if you don't sign that membership agreement back there, it's not going to be good for you. Right. He didn't say, well, I'll tell you what, we're from the Assemblies of God denomination. He didn't say, well, we are the Baptist denomination, and we believe these 18 things, and all these other people don't. Did he say any of that? Do we live in a culture that does that, though? Yes. So what you have to do with curious people is point them to what Jesus did. Amen? What did Jesus do? Jesus, right, gave his life on a cross, willfully, was led like a lamb. So in that moment, he's reading that. He's like, a lamb? That doesn't make sense. Remember, he's from Ethiopia. There's not a culture, there's not a routine, a ritual of a lamb being sacrificed. So to the Jew, when he hears Isaiah 53 and Isaiah 54, and he hears prophecies like this, there's a context. So part of your role in helping lead someone to Jesus is contextualizing it for them. So you're not going to use verbiage or you're not going to say something they don't understand and then just expect them to get it or believe it. So we have to be really Patient. So what did he do? Even though Jesus was perfect, he was punished and murdered so we could be forgiven. He explained. You see that? He explained. I want to say this. We cannot achieve salvation. I've said this many times. I just want to say it again. We only receive it. Can we all say this together? We cannot achieve salvation through good works. We only receive it. That's the gospel. Right? That's the gospel, that Jesus became sin so that we could become the righteousness of God. It's the great exchange that Jesus, who was perfect, said, I will bear sin and all of its punishment so you don't have to. That's the gospel. Okay? So, do you know that there are people all around you that are like that Ethiopian servant. I promise you. 
they are curious about God. They're curious about whether truth is objective or subjective. And we live in a society now where truth is completely subjective. It just depends on how you wake up that day, how you feel. But how many of you guys realize as Christians, truth is objective? Truth is truth, right? And so because truth is truth, our hope is in the truth of God's word. And you can point people to that. Why am I saying that? Because people are living right now in a culture where everything's confusing. Right? If everything's confusing and everything's subjective, I promise you people want to find what you have found. That there is a hope that is un unshakable. That there's a truth that does not change. Amen? What's crazy awesome about the gospel and about God's word is it was true, makes sense, and is relevant to me now just like it was 2,000 years ago. Think about that. It's relevant in Uganda right now. Think about how powerful that truth is. It's relevant right now in New Mexico. You see what I'm saying? It's the truth that it doesn't matter if you are a criminal on death row you can be invited to be forgiven of your sin. And when Jesus is going around preaching this, there were Pharisees that say, whoa, you can't be doing that. And he's like, hey, the sick know they need a doctor. But those that think they're well don't need a doctor. And, of course, the Pharisees mumble like, there he goes with his metaphors again. I don't know what he's saying. I want you to remember this. Everyone deserves to hear the gospel. Everyone. Everyone deserves to hear the gospel. There's a reason why we put a sign in the foyer. There's a reason why I'm saying it a lot. I want us to embrace this as a church because where so many churches die and they don't start glorifying God in the way that he designed it is they start to believe this us for and no more. That everybody outside these doors are the enemy. People are never the enemy. They're the mission. So let's, I want you to not, don't buy into Satan's lies. And I just jotted a few down for you. Okay, here are some of Satan's lies. He's going to be too hard to reach. Now, if you don't think that that's a lie, I, I heard that verbatim. I was preaching at a youth camp one time. I'll never forget it. It was night three of the camp. And there was this one kid that was just really restless. Okay. And I'll never forget it. Somebody said, well, what are we going to do about that, and he's like 17 years old. What are we going to do about that, that teen up front? And, uh, well, somebody else said, well, he's a lost cause. I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. It's like, so no one is a lost cause. No one, right, is a lost cause. And you might be acting that way if you were raised the way he was raised, and he probably just doesn't know better. So let's clean fish after they're caught. I don't know about you, but when I go fishing, I really don't get out the, the razor and try to clean them. That would be a very frustrating fishing experience. Does anybody fish? Does anybody go fishing? Oh, I want to pray for you. I do not understand people who fish. I don't. Like, Ray, you like to fish? I'm going to pray for your mind. Right? I, so I don't have the patience level. Right? This is me fishing. Didn't work. I'm gone. Right? Like, I can't, I can't do it. Anybody else with me? Like, you're too type A. You can't fishing? No way. Do you know there's people who watch fishing? <laughs> Ray, that's a whole nother level of insane, bro. You're watching someone else be bored. <laughs> I will also pray for you. 
When I go fishing, I bait the hook. Again, I don't go fishing. But when people who fish, I hear that they bait the hook. Who's with me? Okay. Then we patiently wait. Right? Then when they're caught, we reel them in. Okay. Then you clean them. Are you receiving this yet? It will not work if you want to be an impact in the world. It does not work for you to rail and vent online. Somebody say he's preaching to you. No, don't say that to your neighbor. Don't say that to him. So many Christians today think that they're going to be a witness. I'm going to be a witness by telling all the sinners that they're sinning. Sinners sin. That's what sinners do. Sinners sin. They don't know that they're sinning because, because they're, they're sinners still. Right. So what we have to do instead, uh, he, amen. What we have to do instead is point them to what Jesus did for all of our sin. That is the New Testament normal. That's uh, what, what Will's going to be teaching about on Wednesday nights. That is the New Testament normal. Every time Paul writes a letter, every time Paul writes a letter, when it's specific, it's pointing out specific sins, he's talking to Christians. Christians. Think about that. And anytime the lost are engaged, it's simply what Jesus did for all humanity. Think about Peter's message when he preached, right? Acts chapter 2. It's what Jesus did for all of us. And so we have to kind of reevaluate if I want to lead someone to Christ, first of all, I need to be genuine in my faith. And I got to be all in. And, and, and second of all, I need to carry the fruit of the Spirit and be an inviting person. So what's another one of Satan's lies? Oh, he won't understand. Oh, they're simply too far gone. Have you ever heard the story of Saul? Dude was killing Christians. That's, listen, Pastor Dave, have you ever been given that assignment? I've never been given that assignment. You know, hey, hey, Dave, you know the terrorist that is killing all the Christians? I'd like you to, you know, just be a little mentor buddy. Just go minister to him. Right? How many guys, if that was you, you'd be like, I got to pray about it. But, but the Christian was faithful. He, he believed the vision that God had given him prophetically, and he went and he ministered to him. So never think someone's too far gone. And how about this? This one I have succumbed to. Yes, pastors also make mistakes. Here we go. Ready for this one? It might ruin my, my friendship. How many of you guys have ever bought into that one? You're feeling the nudge of the spirit to bring up Jesus, to bring up heaven. And there's this little voice that says, oh, don't make things weird. Come on. Right? But the reality is, at least what I've learned, is every time I do just bring up Jesus, they're like, for the most part, usually they're ready to talk. Right? Now, not every time. Right? But most of the time, people are, are ready to talk. There's, there's a nudging of the spirit has already been working on them. That's why he's nudging you now, because you're in that moment now. Okay? So be ready. How about that? Be ready. Be ready. What does it mean to be ready? Be filled with the Holy Spirit. Now let's pause for one second. 
say, Pastor Jordan, I thought this was a message on leading someone to Jesus. This, you know, we're not at Pentecost. Pentecost Sunday comes after Easter, Jordan. You're off in your, no, listen, the Holy Spirit is the only one who invites someone to trust Jesus, okay? So you can't convince someone. You guys get what I'm saying? You can't convince someone. You can't be like, please, I beg you to receive Jesus. <laughs> You're really gonna like it, you know? You can't. Uh, so I made this little infographic that I saw um, Jack Hayford teach, all right? So I wanna put up this triangle. I love infographics. I've made a lot here when we, when we preach and um, I, I, let's just be honest. How many of you guys are like, you're like a five-year-old, you like pictures? <laughs> Come on, picture a book. It's my kind of book. All right, the Father sends the Holy Spirit. Why? The Holy Spirit inspires people to trust in Jesus. What does Jesus do? Jesus is always saying, oh, I only do anything my Father told me to do. Jesus is completely submitted to the Father. And they're in perfect relationship. They're in perfect relationship. I know they're three in one, and it's a mystery, but they're also in relationship to one another. Jesus was submitted to his father. Jesus had emotions and a will that he had to submit to his father. Isn't that powerful? So he did that as a man, inspiring us, teaching us, showing us that we too can submit our emotions and our will to who? The father. What does the father do though? Sends the Holy Spirit. Remember John 17? I've preached on that chapter more than any other chapter. He says, I will send the Holy Spirit. He'll lead you into all truth. He'll remind you of everything I said. And what's the Holy Spirit's role? He always tells people about Jesus. Always. That's why when someone is filled with the Spirit, you can't get them to stop talking about Jesus. In fact, how many of you have a friend that like always talks about Jesus? Come on. <laughs> I saw some of you. It's awesome. Right? How many of you guys know what I'm talking about? Do you know why? I can tell you why. And I know some of you are like, well, she went to this conference. No, trust me, it's not the conference. It's like she read this book. No, it's not the book. I promise you. It's the Holy Spirit. Ever say the Holy Spirit? Now, the reason I'm spending so long on this point is we're going to go through the ABCs of salvation in, in a minute. But if you're not careful, you'll make it a formula. And it is not a formula. Being born again is this thing that takes place in the heart where someone has a desire to be changed by God. I want to be forgiven by God. And the reason I'm saying this is I still know Christians to this day who will, who will count up, right, how many people they've led and will use like, well, anyway, I'm just saying, it's not about you getting someone. It's not about you convincing them to A, admit, believe, confess, I let someone to Jesus, and they're walking away like, I don't know what just happened. I just want to go get my fair fries. Can I be really honest? Sorry I'm too transparent sometimes. But I just, that, I don't like that, and I don't think that's God's heart. If someone's not ready to, to get saved, that's okay. Again, it's not your job to save them. God saves them, but it is our job to tell them about Jesus and to be ambassadors of the message. Amen. So that's why I'm saying we got to be filled with the Spirit. As we are filled with the Spirit, check this out. This is so cool. That's when God makes it incredibly contextualized. Think about the woman at the well. Jesus, filled with the Spirit, prophesies to her, you know what? That's because you've had five husbands. 
And what's he saying? That's because there's, there's a need in your heart. And God knows that need. You see that? He spoke to her need through the Spirit. The Spirit gave knowledge, prophetic knowledge. And guess what? She not only got saved, but she became an evangelist. She went and told the entire town, and they all got saved. Come on, who thinks that's awesome? Why? Because the Spirit was permitted to, to nudge and to speak. And Jesus was, of course, submitted to the Spirit. So we can share in kindness what the Spirit is saying. Okay, I want you to look at Acts 8, 34. Let's go back to this story. The eunuch said to Philip, I ask you, who is the prophet saying this about, himself or someone else? Philip proceeded to tell him the good news. Now, I wanted to read, I wanted to highlight this word good news. Everybody say good news. Listen, the gospel is good news. <laughs> it's good. Everybody say it with me. Good news. Good news. Well, one more time. Good news. I promise you, you will inspire no one if you're like, well, it's real, you better get your act together. You know? I mean, some people like, I would say, if I want, if I want to look like you when I get saved, I don't want anything to do with that. Right? It's good news. The more you realize it's good news, it will show in your demeanor, by the way. It will show in your countenance, okay? So as they're traveling down the road, he came some water. The eunuch said, look, there's water. What would keep me from being baptized? I love that. Have you guys ever seen our baptism services and someone's not signed up and they're just like, can I jump in? I love that, right? So he ordered the chariot to stop. Both Philip and the eunuch went down to the water and he baptized him. When they came out of the water, the spirit of the Lord carried Philip away and the eunuch did not see him any longer. That's amazing. That's pretty cool. Who wants that ministry? Transportation. Come on, somebody. Philip appeared in Azotus, and he was traveling and preaching the gospel in all the towns until he came to Caesarea. Now think about that. He walked with him to baptism. If, if the guy said, oh, man, this is so new to me, and Philip, and Philip saw the water, and Philip said, well, let's be baptized. And he said, oh, you know what? Can I go talk to my wife? Great. Yeah, let's go talk to your wife. He wouldn't have said, get in there now. That's step three. You, you see what I mean? He was going with what he is ready for. The guy said, what's stopping me from being baptized now? He's like, nothing. I'll baptize you right now. You see how there's nothing forced or controlled here? It's led by the Spirit. And that is beautiful and very, very powerful. So how do we share in kindness? How do we share what it means to trust, okay? It has to come back to what Jesus did, and it has to be simple. Everybody say simple. Okay? I can lead others to Christ through the life that I live. Okay? Being genuine, but simply telling them. Simply telling them. And what do I mean by simply telling them? I heard a pastor say this, and I love this, so I want to give it to you guys. Imagine the thief on the cross. I don't know if you know the story. I want to tell you the story. That there's a guy on the left of Jesus and a guy on the right of Jesus. Both convicted felons. Both guilty. Both guilty. 
One is mocking Jesus. How many of you guys have ever read this? If you've maybe been in the faith for a long time, maybe you read this. He's mocking Jesus. The other criminal is feeling the conviction of the Spirit. The Holy Spirit is telling him, Jesus is real. Jesus is the Messiah. Even though they're killing him, he is the Messiah. And in his simple request, remember me when you enter paradise. Now, who remembers Jesus' response? If you know it, say it with me. Today, you'll be with me in paradise. All right, so now imagine this guy goes to heaven. So Gabriel, all right. So what brings you in? Right? Uh, what, which Assemblies of God church did you attend? Yeah, I didn't attend Assemblies of God. What is that? Oh, uh, which Baptist church did you attend? Oh, I did not. Oh, um, what is the Nicene Creed? The nice, I'm, I'm nice. What? I think I'm nice. I was very bad, though. I was a very bad person. thought I was nice, but it turns out I did a lot of bad things. Let me check the books, sir. Let me just check the books again because I see your name in the Lamb's Book of Life, but I just need to check. Was he baptized? When were you baptized, sir? I was never baptized. Who told you you could get in? The guy on the middle cross. That's all I know. The guy in the middle cross. Isn't that the gospel? Jesus, I, I, I felt something of truth coming from this man as he was dying next to me. And I asked him, can I go be where you are? And he said, yes. The guy in the middle cross said I could come in. How powerful. that! That's the simplicity of the gospel. Okay? So again, not to force it, but if someone, you start sharing your faith in Jesus, that Jesus forgave you of sin, and you were to ask a question, have you ever given your life to, to God? Do you know where you would go if your life ended, if you were in a car wreck, do you know there's, because there's an eternity, right? Separated from God or with God. And if their heart were to be open, they were to say, no, I don't know. Would you like to know? Would you like to be forgiven of your sins? Yes, I want to be forgiven. All right, let's walk through that. What a lot of, uh, it's, it's extremely good, easy way to remember it is this. ABCs. Everybody just hold up your fingers with me and say, say A, admit. Admit that you have sinned and need a Savior. That's, that's what confession is about, right? It's about repenting. Repenting is the word we use in church, but it's a word they've likely never heard. So admit, admit, I, I need this savior just like you do. B, believe, all right? First John 1, 9, you believe in your heart and you confess with your mouth that he died and was risen, then you're, you're forgiven and of all unrighteousness. Okay, C, confess. Confessing that Jesus is your Lord and savior. All right? And so walking them through this, you know what I do? I, I do want that. I want to be forgiven. And again, most of the time you'll see tears, but not every time. But most of the time you'll, you'll sense the, the repentance, the remorse, like God is changing me. God's making me born again. And they become a new person. Now, they won't say born again, but they'll just say, yes, I want that. Right? Hey, pray with me. God, I admit that I'm a sinner. I admit that I am in need. 
and that when I do things on my own, I mess things up. That's one of the ways I like to say it. Okay? I believe, Jesus, that you are God and that you died in my place. You guys have heard me lead this, right, many times at the end of a service. I confess that you're Lord, and, and I choose to follow you. That's leading someone through that salvation prayer. I want everybody to stand up to your feet. So we're, we're going to actually pretend to lead someone to Jesus today. But in a moment, I always want to give someone to actually give their heart to Jesus. Because that could still happen in a service like this. Amen? So I'd like everybody to bow your heads. Maybe today you heard me talking about Jesus dying as a lamb in our place. And you heard me <coughs> talking about the Father sending Jesus to die for us. And even as I was just closing the sermon, you felt like I do mess things up. And I, I want to be forgiven. I want the hope of heaven. And I know I need a new life. Because what I'm doing is not working. What I'm doing is not working. I need Jesus to make me a new person. I need him to forgive me of everything I've done wrong and simply make me a new person. I need that. If that's you right now, I want you to lift your hand real high and I want to pray with you. Awesome. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. We have two people giving their heart to Christ right now. How beautiful is that? Thank you, Lord. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to all pray this together, okay? And because this is happening, we won't do the, the pretend leading each other to Jesus because we're all going to take part in these two people right now. Lord, thank you. Say this with me. Lord, thank you that you left heaven where you were praised where everything was perfect and you came into my mess. You died in my place, took my punishment. I admit my need for you. I make a mess of things. I believe you are Jesus, the Son of God. I confess that you are Lord that you're not just Savior, but Lord, truly in charge. And so I submit to your Lordship. Thank you, Father, for making me your child and Jesus, my brother. In Jesus' name. And everyone said? Amen. Amen. Yeah. Come on, let's praise him. Jesus, we worship you. You know, I don't, I don't usually do this, and it's okay if you don't want to come. I just feel prompted to give the chance to those couple people who raise their hand. If you want to share, there's zero pressure to do so. But if you want to share, I'd like you to come up and share, but you don't have to. I'm just extending the invitation because I think that would be really cool if you wanted to share what Jesus did in your heart just now and throughout the service. And it's okay if not. I'm just going to give you a minute to think about it, and it's okay if not. Okay? All right, so here's what we're going to do. As you guys leave today, I want you to keep this in mind. Everyone deserves to hear the gospel. 
and I want to tell you what most Christians do. Okay? You're at the water cooler. All right? You're at work. And someone says, well, you're a Christian, right? Yeah. Oh, man. My marriage is falling apart. I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. I just, I feel like, I feel hopeless. Most Christians, let me give you Pastor Jordan's number. Here's his number. It's 330-442. Come on. That is every Christian in America. Now, by the way, I love taking, I love it. I love ministry. It's awesome. But Lord knows there is no way I can pray with 220,000 people in Trumbull County. It's a lot of people in this county. So what did God do? God said, go make disciples. And he wasn't just talking to people who went to seminary school. He was talking to fishermen, doctors, lawyers, tax collectors, right? Okay, so you can make a disciple and you can just say, I'll pray with you right now. I'll pray with you right now. And you watch God move in that moment. And give hope where there was hopelessness. Amen? All right. Have a great week, church. Love you guys.